just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Cold as shit here again, but it's Minnesota. It's interesting. We got this big storm out east, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. All the snow and ice is going out east in Minnesota. We're just cold, no snow right at this point. Again, we'll talk about that. That's an interesting story. I wanted to give you a little heads up, too. Later today, I'm going to be recording a podcast, but not my podcast, somebody else's podcast. The podcast is called Extreme Common Sense Podcast, and it's hosted by Trisden and Ray. Seem like great guys. Trisden's maybe my son's age. Ray's more around my age. They're radio people, so they're a little weird, but they seem like nice guys, and they asked me to be on the podcast, and uh, I'm going to do that later today. As soon as I know, I'll let you know when it airs, but I've listened to the podcast. It's good, and uh, you should sample it. I think you might like it. It was interesting when they sent me a note and said, we'd like you to be on the podcast. I said, sure, and then they went on to explain how they're kind of in the same mindset as I am, politically speaking and that they weren't trying to ambush me. <laughs> I wish somebody would fucking ambush me. I can't get a Trumplican, a Republican, or anybody to sit down at a mic with me. I've had people claiming they're going to show up. I've had people argue with me and said, I'll tear you apart. <laughs> but every time I set it up, they don't show. And it's probably wise on their part, because there's two ways to handle these people. First of all, you can debate with them as facts. And uh, we know the problem with Trumplicans is they don't listen to facts. They don't listen to logic. They don't care about truth. They're all about lies. So no matter what I say, I'm not going to convince them of anything. I've un understood that from the beginning. So you're probably wondering, why would you want to go into a debate with these people? Well, if they won't listen to facts or truth or honesty or anything like that, there is one other strategy to employ with uh, Trumplicans. And it's the one thing they hate the most because they're insecure motherfuckers. That's why. And what I would do throughout the debate, I'd try to hit them with facts. And if they aren't listening, if they aren't responding, they aren't acting reasonably, I would spend the rest of that interview doing nothing but making fun of them, making light of them, making sport of them, making them look foolish. Because that is the thing they would hate the most. They hate looking stupid. Even though they really are stupid, they just don't like people seeing that they're stupid. And that would be the fun part, making fun at them, calling them names. Half the time, they wouldn't even know I was doing it because they're too stupid to understand. But hopefully the people listening would catch on and they would be exposed for the jokes they are. So that's what I would do. But that's never going to happen because nobody's ever come through. That said, I will be on the Extreme Common Sense podcast, as I mentioned, talking to Trisden and Ray. It should be a good conversation. I spent about an hour on the phone with Trisden just kind of preparing for this thing yesterday. And a great guy. He's a talented guy, smart guy, and a decent guy. So it should be fun. Soon as I know, I'll let you know when it's going to air and you can check it out. Because... 
even if you're not sure if Trisden and Ray are going to be good, you know I'm going to be good. <laughs> There's the old ego from radio coming out. I'm joking, of course. If you like listening to this, you'll like listening to that because I'll probably take over the show because when I start talking, it's hard for me to stop, as you've noticed from listening to the podcast. Anyway, on the podcast, I frequently ask for people to send me questions, comments, complaints at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. Well, I got a couple emails, as I do from time to time, and I'm going to have to add a new criteria for writing me an email, because this time, this emailer is correcting me, and the email goes like this. Hey, Mike, just thought you'd like to correct this. You mentioned a senator, Lisa Murkowski, from Maine. The senator you were telling the story of was actually Susan Collins. She also said that we wouldn't have to worry about Brett Kavanaugh overturning Roe v. Wade. Well, that was a good move. She's definitely an idiot. No question about it. Susan Collins is an idiot. Lisa Murkowski is the Republican senator from Alaska. Have a great day and keep doing what you're doing best, Fred C., Well, Fred, you're absolutely right. I did mix them up. It was Susan Collins, not Lisa Murkowski. It just goes to show that apparently I can't tell the difference between Republican old white women. They all look the same to me. (laughs) But it was Susan Collins. And Fred, thank you for that. You know, when, when you're on the radio and somebody corrects you, there's a couple of ways most radio announcers or broadcasters respond to those kinds of notes or those kinds of comments. First of all, when you got an email like this, if I was Joe Radio, being a DJ in some dumb fuck Egypt place, I would probably ignore it because I would assume that most people listening to the show didn't even catch it and it would be stupid to bring it up again and just reiterate where I fucked up. That's the ego talking. And then there's the other guy that would be indignant about it. He would see that he's being corrected by this person, and even though this person is correct, they would feel compelled to uh, come back at those people, make fun of them, make light of them. Here's the deal. When I do this podcast, um, while I do have an ego, my ego's not strong enough to not be corrected. I don't take myself too seriously. I think in this world, everybody, to a certain extent, takes themselves too seriously. I know who I am, I know what I am, and I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to get upset about something like that because it was a nice gesture. Thank you, Fred, for doing that. If I'm going to come here on the podcast and tell you something, I want to be absolutely accurate. And on the occasion I'm not being accurate, I want you to call me out and correct me so then I can fix it and and do what I'm supposed to do. More important than my own little ego, the important factor is getting you the information you need and having it accurate. So, I mentioned Lisa Murkowski. It is, in fact, Susan Collins from Maine, and she is a dipshit. She's the one that uh, was speaking against Donald Trump, talking about pardoning all these people from January 6th. But when she was asked whether she would support and vote for Donald Trump in 2024, she wouldn't answer. 
This is the same woman who voted to impeach him. She voted to impeach him. She's called him out for crazy shit he said. But she'd have to think about it if she's going to vote for him in 2024. That's fucking unbelievable. And based on that, Susan Collins shouldn't get elected again. I'm not sure when she's up for election again. But um, I have a feeling the tide might change when that election occurs. All right, the second email. First and foremost, thank you for being our voice of reason. Love your podcast. Well, that is Bruce, and thank you very much, Bruce. We had the two young New York police officers responding to a domestic violence call, shot and killed. We had two Bridgewater College campus police officers in Virginia shot and killed. We have elementary, middle, high school, and college shootings. The U.S. accounts for just 4% of the world's population, but 35% of global firearm suicides. Americans are 25 times more likely to be killed in a gun homicide than people in other high-income countries. What, if anything, can we do to change this? I'm not suggesting that we abolish the Second Amendment, even though it was tended for a well-regulated militia, and not for any clown who wants a gun to have a gun. We see the consequences of this unbridled policy daily, and yet we do nothing but offer innocent victims our thoughts and prayers. We know the cons are not going to do jack shit. They're owned by the NRA. What are your thoughts on this subject? I have a lot of thoughts on the subject. I'm not against the uh, Second Amendment. I'm not against people having guns. When I was younger... My dad was a hunter, and I hunted with him, and I owned a couple of guns. Now that I'm older, I don't have any real desire to hunt, haven't had a desire to hunt for a long time, so I don't own any guns. I've often thought, as I get older, and I'm not as agile, I don't have as much endurance, and I'm not as tough as I once thought I was, Should I get a gun? I mean, if my wife and I are walking down the street and we're 75 years old, are we just a target? And I thought, well, maybe having a gun, legally, licensed, maybe it would be a good idea. Unfortunately, I'm thinking to myself, when I'm 75, am I going to even be able to handle a gun? I mean, you lose strength, you lose eyesight, and now you've got a gun, you can't see, you can't hold it. And do you really shoot the person you're intending to shoot? I don't know. I don't have a great desire to have guns. I believe that people want guns um, for two reasons. To rebel against the man, the government. I'm going to do what I want to do because the Constitution says I can do it. Or part of it is ego. You know, it's kind of like the kids. For you folks that grew up kind of in my era... There was always those guys that had the muscle cars, and their greatest, greatest possession was a cool, big-ass stereo, (laughs) you know, big Jensen stereo. Um, They had uh, a graphic equalizer that they had no idea how to use. They had multiple amplifiers. They had Jensen coaxial speakers in the back. Or in my neighborhood where you didn't have enough money to buy the coaxial speakers from Jensen, what you would do is you'd take a couple of house speakers, you know, from your house stereo, and just put them in your back seat and blow the roof off the fucking thing. 
But those people always argued about who had the best or the biggest stereo. That was big to them. I liken those folks to the people who have guns, because everybody I know that has guns has a lot of them. Now, if you're one guy, why do you need a lot of them? I know a guy who has two AR-15s. Okay, I don't know why you need one AR-15. I don't know what the fuck you're going to do with it. But why do you need two? It's for ego. It's uh, for compensation from other places you might be lacking, if you know what I mean. But uh, that, that is the trouble here. And, and I think Bruce makes a good point. Everybody kind of misunderstands what the Second Amendment is about. They believe the Second Amendment says anybody and everybody can have a gun and as many guns as they want. That's really not what the Second Amendment was created for. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, you have to know, back in the days, in the 1700s, when they were just forming this government, they understood this government could undergo changes or people could hijack the government and turn it into uh, uh, an authoritarian or fascist government. My God, how could that ever happen? But that was something of concern back then. And weapons were really limited. The government was small. They didn't have necessarily any bigger guns than the people on the farms. And the reason for the Second Amendment was really if the government went rogue, off track from what our founding fathers set up, that the people, the public, could use their weapons to take it back. Now, when they say a well-regulated militia, they're not talking about individuals with guns and pitchforks and stuff like that. They're talking about a militia, an actual group of people who may be trained and are there specifically for that situation. So that doesn't suggest every Joe needs a gun and millions of guns. It had a specific point. And I think people have perverted that point to make it fit their agenda, like the NRA or like every other Trumplefuck in this country. And it's got away from them. And why they've never been straightened out, I don't know. Now, again, this is talking about a well-regulated militia in the Second Amendment. And it was really intended not for hunting, not for your own security, but for taking the government back from a rogue government. Well, in this day and age, that's just not feasible. If we have a rogue government, their weapons are far more superior than any one individual, and the whole concept of a well-regulated militia taking over our country seems far-fetched. Well, at least until January 6th of 2021. So people misread that, that, that Second Amendment, and all you have to do is read it carefully and understand punctuation and understand the history of when that was done. Now, again, we have a lot of problems with guns, people getting killed, and uh, what to do about that. Well, the only thing we can really do is regulate them more than what they are. Again, the NRA and everybody else wants everybody to have as many guns as they want. Nobody needs to sign up for anything. Nobody needs training. Well, let's make a comparison. You're 16 years old. You want to drive a car. You've got to take classroom studies. You've got to take uh, on-the-road training. 
then you have to take a test, a written test, and a driving test. You have to pass all those tests. And then you get your license. Then you got to have insurance. Then you got to follow the rules of the road. Because if you don't, if we all remember correctly, having a license is a privilege, not a right. Like these people think that having guns is their right. In fact, it's more of a privilege because of the way the Second Amendment is written. So if we have to go through all those things with a car, why not go through some of those things with guns? Of course you have to register guns, but shouldn't you have to go through some training and take a test and prove that you're uh, capable for handling a gun? And then maybe you should have insurance, too, because if you're in a car and you hit somebody accidentally on the street, you need that insurance to cover them. Or you have a car accident or something along those lines. Well, you can have similar deadly accidents with a gun. It goes off. It shoots somebody. You point at something and hit something else. You should have insurance for that. And I think people would think twice about it if they had to go through a process with each weapon they have and also pay insurance. That may be one way to limit what's going on out there, because it's just the fucking Wild West. What's going on in this country is unprecedented compared to other countries around the world. So instead of ranting and raving about what we can do, maybe we should look at these other countries, see what they are doing, and maybe replicate them so that we can bring the numbers of people that are killed or committed suicide down. This gun situation is a tough situation. NRA has always had a lot of money, and they fed a lot of government representatives a lot of money to keep them safe. Well, things are changing now. It's falling apart a little bit. NRA is in bankruptcy, so maybe, just maybe, we will get some changes. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of stuff to talk about. We may go long. But what the hell? <laughs> well, ABC suspended Whoopi Goldberg as host of The View. She said the Holocaust was not an issue of race, which is stupid and ridiculous. She clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. It's not horrible that these people like a Whoopi Goldberg or even a Joe Rogan say the crazy shit they do. What's really horrible about this situation is people listen to it and people believe it. Come on, people. These fuckers are comedians. They aren't necessarily smart. They aren't adept in handling information regarding politics. Why are you paying attention to comedians about your news and politics? Sure, they can give opinions, but don't treat it like it's fucking factual. Half the shit that comes out of their mouth is not factual, so why why would you believe that? And it goes back to what I've said before. We are kind of a nation that uh, is addicted to tabloid news. It used to be in the old days, the 60s and 70s, and don't you like that when an old guy does that? Well, back in my day... But the fact of the matter is the news in the 60s and 70s was far different than what we're seeing today. They had something we don't see very often here. That's called journalism. 
And when I talk about journalism, I'm talking about being objective, just simply giving the facts and allowing your listeners to make a decision on what they believe. But now, whether you're listening to facts or Fox <laughs> or CNN or uh, MSNBC or OAN or Newsmax or any of these fucks, doesn't matter if they're on the left or right. Everything they tell you is slanted to whatever direction that particular network points toward. They will give you information, but only enough information to titillate you. They don't give you the whole story. They're always willing to create drama or trauma or gossip because that's what they that's their currency. It's only about getting people to watch their network so they can make money. There is really no integrity when it comes to the true news, because if you're getting the news truly from a journalist, you get all the information. There are no nuances that doesn't lean either way. And that's what I kind of try to do here. Now, I'll grant you, I lean more left than I do right. But in real terms, I'm more in the middle. The reason I'm siding with the left, of course, is because the right is so far right, we have to do something to combat them. And the Democrats are the only people in a position to do that. And hopefully they'll have the courage and the uh, cojones to actually pull that off. We're hoping against hope that they do that. But when you turn on the TV news or go on the Internet, chances are you're not going to get the full information. You're only going to get the information that teases you to keep listening or to come back. And the problem is, is because most people are lazy and don't dig into the real facts. They only hear what they hear. And because everything's so different on every different network, the only thing they know is on the networks that they listen to. So if you listen to Fox or OAN, you're hearing nothing but lies. You have no clue what the truth is because you don't bother to listen to the other places or at least investigate the news stories to see if you're getting all the facts. So when I do the podcast here, I hopefully try to give you more information. And yes, I'll give you my opinion because I can't help myself. (laughs) But the important thing is you know the full story behind the news story so you can actually make some decisions on what you think and uh, what you think is best. Unfortunately, we don't have that kind of thing. But again, so now we've got Joe Rogan doing three-hour podcast every day. We've got Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Neither one of these is a good fucking news source. We've got other comedians like Bill Maher talking shit. We've got all these people, and whether they side with you or not, you've got to take them with a grain of salt. These people aren't especially intelligent when it comes to political issues and news. Oh, they sure act like it. They look like it when they're talking about it. But they don't know shit. They're all jaded in their own right. Keep in mind, what, what's the key behind these three people? In this instance, we're talking about Joe Rogan, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Bill Maher. What's the one thing about these people that is feeding uh, Joe Sixpack, like us, this information? Well, they're all fucking incredibly wealthy. They all have a lot of money. Do they really understand who we are, what we are, and what we're going through? I don't fucking think so. Do they have their own agendas? You bet your ass they have their fucking own agendas. Just like the other cable networks. 
So as much as these people are getting in trouble for saying the things they say, it's our fault for listening to it. It's our fault for believing it's true. And it's our fault to allow these people to continue to do what they do and make the kinds of money they are. Because by paying them more money, that just encourages them to do it more and more. And as they make more money, they take it further over the line. And unfortunately, what we now have, we have a country full of uninformed or ill-informed people. And then when everybody's ill-informed in this country, we have a fucking chaotic mess, which is what we have currently. I'll be honest with you, I blame the media for a lot of the problems in this country, even though I spent some time working in the media. I've told you before, one of the main reasons Donald Trump was even elected president is because the left-side media put him on TV all the time and gave him some credibility, made him legitimate. He wasn't going to be a legitimate candidate until the left started pumping his shit up and made him legitimate. They thought he was funny. They thought he was interesting. They thought he was different than all the other politicians. And all of that was true. But we had no idea that if we elected him president, he'd become a treasonous fucking monster. So we fucked around and found out. Now that we fucked around and found out, we have to fix it. And we are in one hell of a mess. We've got almost 900,000 people dead of COVID because we simply ignored it. We've got all kinds of corruption. We've got people trying to overthrow our government just because we thought he was funny and thought it would be different than having a regular politician. Oh, it's a great idea. Let's get a businessman instead of a politician. They do a good job. Two problems with Donald Trump when it comes to that. First of all, he's not a real businessman because he's failed at every fucking thing he's ever done. Secondly, we had no idea that the only person he was interested in helping was him, even though he is to be a public servant and do his due diligence and his work for us. He never considered that. It was all about him. And even to this day, even though he's not president, he's still working to enrich himself and save his ass. So because we were ill-informed, misinformed, that's why we had Donald Trump as president. And that's why we still have 30 to 35% of the people in this country still buying the bullshit, even though it's right in front of their faces that this guy is a seditionist, a treasonist. He's criminal. He's corrupt. He's probably the worst human being ever to be in the White House, and certainly maybe the worst human being ever to be in Washington, D.C. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. Got a lot more stuff to talk about. All right, I've said all along that in this home stretch of 2022 leading up to November of 2022 and the midterm elections, that this would be kind of a sprint. There would be a lot of shit happening. There would be things coming out every day. This is kind of all planned by the Democrats about having the January 6th investigation, ultimately having the hearings on TV. They're ramping this up for the next 10 months to try to get to November and keep people appalled and upset by all the criminality and corruption that happened during the Trump administration. They know people forget shit. Not only do they forget shit, something bad will happen. They're appalled. Then something worse will be happening, and they will forget about the first appalling thing. 
So it doesn't mount up like uh, plaque on your teeth. It just goes away because we caught the shiniest item, which is the latest scandal. So we don't take in account all the problems and all the scandals to consider what we think about these candidates. All right, so we've got that going on. And as I've said, every day there's going to be something coming out. Yesterday was no exception. Jeffrey Clark, the assistant attorney general under Donald Trump, you remember him. He worked at the DOJ. He was a lowly assistant attorney general working in, I don't know, um, farms or some shit. Anyway, Donald Trump hooked up with him, tried to get him to send letters to the swing states saying, look, there was a lot of uh, election fraud. Don't certify the elections. And when you think about it, he did that with the DOJ. He called the states himself. He had the states send in electors. He had the unruly crowd crash into the uh, into the uh, U.S. Capitol. Man, he was covering it from all angles. This had to be planned. This had to be um, something that they've been talking about for a while because they really coordinated a lot of things. But anyway, Jeffrey Clark was to speak in front of the January 6th commission. And Jeffrey Clark says, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. We have executive privilege. Well, the Supreme Court just said nobody has executive privilege, so he's got nothing to argue about. So the thing is, Jeffrey Clark, in fact, did testify in front of the January 6th committee. We don't know what he said. We don't know if he just pled the fifth, and that's certainly possible. But once he gets in there, understand you can't plead the fifth for everything, only those things that could get you in trouble. So they can offer uh, superficial or peripheral uh, questions and get information from him. But the bottom line is he came in, he sat, and that motherfucker's in trouble because what he did was highly illegal. And we've got a few other things uh, uh, going on, too. Apparently, uh, Mike Pence, he had a couple of advisors testify in front of the January 6th committee. Now, Mike Pence obviously has a lot of inside information about what happened on January 6th. He was talking to Donald Trump. He was also threatened by Donald Trump on a number of occasions. And then Donald Trump sent a bunch of fucking toothless thugs out to kill him, to hang him. So you'd think Mike Pence would have some, I don't know, motivation to talk about all that went on to try to save his life in this situation and maybe separate him from Donald Trump. Yeah, he hasn't wanted to talk much, but these advisors talk. And now we understand that Mike Pence has turned over documents from the vice president's office on January 6th. We know what happened with Mark Meadows and all the documents he sent over, all the documents that came from the National Archives, a lot of information. And that's part of the reason we're going to hear new information just about every day. They're going to leak this stuff every day. Then they're going to have the televised hearings, and we're going to hear it coming from the horse's mouth. So it's going to be hectic, and it's going to be a lot of information that's going to surprise us and upset us. They are now investigating Trump's direct involvement in the plot to seize voting machines. I talked about that in the last podcast. 
We know Mike Flynn talked about seizing voting machines. We thought he was just a fucking crazy nut. But it turns out Donald Trump was in the thick of it, doing everything he could to get the DOJ, uh, Department of Homeland Security, and the Pentagon to get someone to seize the machines. Yet uh, nobody thought that was a good idea, and that was probably a wise choice because that could have caused problems for a lot of people and a lot of a lot of problems for this country. Can you imagine if they seized those machines? We would have been fucked. This would be chaos. And as bad as it is now, it would be a hundred times worse. Now, here's an interesting one that they've just announced, too. Apparently, Donald Trump gave $1 million to Mark Meadows' nonprofit organization, just a few weeks after the January 6th panels, panel being created. So they created this committee, the January 6th committee, and about three weeks after that, maybe a little longer, Donald Trump, in the goodness of his heart, that cheap motherfucker, he doesn't even pay his lawyers, but he found it in himself to give Mark Meadows a million dollars for his nonprofit organization. You think Mark Meadows is siphoning money off that for his personal use? You bet your fucking ass. But what does this look like now? Why would he give Mark Meadows a million dollars? Well, he knows he's going to be out of office. He thinks he can avoid testifying, but he's thinking Mark Meadows maybe can't. So he gives him a million dollars as hush money. That sounds crazy, doesn't a president giving hush money? Well, unfortunately, Donald Trump has a history of that, giving Stormy Daniels hush money. I think he spent his whole life giving people hush money. Every time he fucks up, he has to keep their mouths shut. You want to get his transcripts from school? Can't do it. You want to get records of anything that he's done in his life? You can't do it. He's all about hiding information and handing out hush money. And apparently, he gave a million dollars to Mark Meadows, who is the chief of staff. And funny, Mark Meadows hasn't talked yet. He might end up getting prosecuted for criminal contempt of Congress, but he's not talking. But the dumb fuck did give all the documents that have given us a lot of information. But that just tells you how much closer and how much deeper Donald Trump was into this situation. He wasn't just sitting in the ivory tower and everybody else was just doing stuff. Donald Trump got his hands dirty. He was in the middle of it. And that will be the fatal mistake for Donald Trump. Once they show that he was part of the whole um, planning, facilitating, inciting, Once they show he was part of this whole concept, and we now know how wide and spread it was, it wasn't just the Capitol. There was all these other things he was involved in. And they show that he was connected in some way. Well, now he's a seditionist. Now he's a treasonist. And they have to go after him. As much as they don't like um, indicting and convicting a president, These are unprecedented times. These things have never happened. Presidents have gotten in trouble before, but nothing like this. Bill Clinton was having sex with somebody in the Oval Office. Then he lied to Congress. Uh, Richard Nixon broke into the Democratic headquarters and then lied about it. Those things are piddly compared to what we're talking about with Donald Trump. So to compare what they did with Nixon and Clinton and anybody else to what Trump has done, You just can't do it. 
indicting and convicting a president has some political ramifications. But in this situation, not indicting and not convicting Donald Trump of treason and trying to overturn this election and overthrow our government, that shows some other incredibly political ramifications. So I expect that he will be looked at, he will be talked at, and he ultimately will have to go to court over this. And I think he'll be convicted because it's all too easy to prove. I mean, the Georgia thing, he's on tape committing a crime. What more do you fucking need? All right, we got a weather issue coming up. We recently had a snowstorm of huge proportions that hit the East Coast. 20 inches plus of snow, 70 miles an hour. It was crazy out there. It did a lot of damage, and it was kind of a tragic situation on the East Coast. Well, guess what? There is another storm coming as we speak. This storm will stretch from Texas to Maine, and this time it's impacting more than 100 million people. A couple of things that come to mind when I hear about this story. We know the potential of these kinds of storms, snow and ice, uh, electrical outlets, uh, all kinds of problems, accidents, crashes. Um, So there's a lot of things to be concerned about for everywhere from Texas to Maine. One thing I find interesting, of those two storms, the state of Minnesota, where I live, got absolutely nothing, no snow, wasn't part of the storm. What's ironic about it is that Minnesota is famously known for fucking snowstorm. We're in the north tundra. This is where all the snow fell. But now it's going around us and going to hit the east coast. If you don't think climate change is a thing, well then please explain that to me. Because when I was growing up, it would regularly get 20, 30 below. We'd get 20 inches of snow and it would be a shit show here. You don't get that as much here anymore. The winters aren't as bad as they once were. Oh, sure, it gets cold. It's cold fucking now. But we would have two-week stretches of sub-zero temperatures and snowstorms of 25 and 30 inches. We don't get those anymore. We don't get the cold weather for the extended period of time. Now, one of the things that I think is most interesting about this is the parameters they've given us as far as where the snow and the storm will hit. They say from Texas to Maine. Well, that's a lot of area. But if you remember back last year, maybe around this time, maybe a little later, um, Texas got hit with snow and ice storms. And to be perfectly honest with you, as I saw the amount of snow and ice they had down in Texas, up here in Minnesota, that wouldn't have been shit. But Texas had all kinds of problems. Their grid crashed. Their electrical grid crashed. Now, you may or may not know that uh, Texas is in a unique situation when it comes to the electrical grid. There really is only two electrical grids, two main electrical grids in this country. One covers the east side, one covers the west side. But uh, Texas at one point thought it was smart, thought it was prudent to get their own grid. So they aren't on the big grids that we have in this country. They have their own little grid down in Texas. And as we saw last winter, didn't do very well. Some adverse weather shut everything down. People are without electricity. People are without heat, water, food. 
you can't get around because they don't have plows down there to open up the streets. People are trapped in their homes, but they're freezing to death in their fucking homes. That whole situation was tragic. Now, earlier in the year, Governor Abbott said, oh, don't worry, there'll be no electrical outlets this year. Now this storm is coming along, and Greg Abbott is changing his tune. He's saying, well, I can't say there will be no electrical outages. Yeah, he's uh, backtracking there. And the fact of the matter is, I don't know that they did anything to bolster the minuscule grid that Texas has. Now, you have to understand why they have the separate grid. They saw there was a way to make money for rich people. And they thought they'd detach themselves from the main grid in this country, or main grids in this country, and start their own. And they can get rich and make billions of dollars, and that's true. But when you have an inferior system and when a little snow and ice shuts your whole fucking state down, you maybe have to look at what's going on here and what you need to do to um, fix the situation. And since last year, we haven't heard of any major changes in their grid. So it's conceivable we could have another tragedy this year like we had last year. And uh, we don't have to wait very long because the storm's going to hit in Texas and spread all the way up to Maine. So it's going to be very interesting to see if uh, Texas can stay safe and keep their electrical grid running. I hope they do. I hope they do. I know they're a red state and a lot of Trump humpers down there, but I don't want to see anybody suffer. But if they do, you know who to blame. You need to blame your state government, your governor, this fucking ridiculous, pukey little grid that uh, is unnecessarily unstable. If they just tapped into the big grids like the rest of the country did, they wouldn't have these problems. But instead, they'd rather have you freeze to death, be without heat, be without electricity, so the billionaires can make more fucking billions. I'll keep my fingers crossed about Texas and hope against hope that there are no problems down there this year. But this isn't so different than what we had last year. And you should be prepared about the possibilities or eventualities about what could happen. A few other things in the works right now. Lindsey Graham, one of Donald Trump's greatest allies and ass kissers. Well, when asked about Trump saying he would pardon the insurrectionist, Graham said that that was inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, you think? Now, he spoke out against Donald Trump. He wouldn't go ranting and raving about how stupid Donald Trump is, even though he is fucking stupid. Now, the fatal mistake for Lindsey Graham and anybody else that's tied to Donald Trump is to contradict him or call him a name or say he did something wrong. That enrages Donald Trump because, of course, he's a narcissist. And that's what they do. They think they're the greatest in the world. And anybody that speaks out against them, they don't approach them with facts. They get mad. They yell. They threaten. They call names. And that's what Donald Trump does. He said, Lindsey is wrong. He's a great guy, but he's a rhino, Republican in name only. Then he said, Lindsey Graham doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing about Donald Trump. That's the childish, childish part of Donald Trump. 
If you go up to Donald Trump and say, oh, you're such a smart man, you're handsome, and you're a great golf player, this guy will be your best fucking buddy. And anybody with half a brain knows how to get anything they want from Donald Trump by flattering him a little bit. Guess who really knows about that? Vlad Putin. Vlad Putin's a smart man. He was formerly with the KGB. All he does to do is flatter Donald Trump, borrow him several billion dollars, and uh, Donald Trump will bend over backwards, get on bended knee for Vladimir Putin. That's exactly what happens. Now, if you contradict Donald Trump, you could be his son. You could be his best friend, like in the case with Lindsey Graham. I mean, they go golfing all the time, right? This is Lindsey Graham, his best friend, because he's supporting him. The moment he contradicts him, he immediately throws Lindsey Graham under the fucking bus. And that's what he did here. Now, more and more people are going to be separating from Donald Trump because the fact of the matter is Donald Trump has to bring something to the party. Somebody compared it to a mob family. Either you're an earner or you're the fuck out. Donald Trump is not the earner he once was. He doesn't bring a lot to the Republican Party now, so you're going to see people pulling away from him. He's going to rant and rave, and people are all scared of that. But eventually, there'll be so many people pulling away, all he'll be doing is ranting and raving, and then he'll be thought of as the fool, the ridiculous criminal fool that he is. Yeah, Donald Trump... uh, Donald Trump's losing credibility. He's losing his grip. And it's going to get worse every day as more information comes out. Hey, did you hear this news? CNN President Zucker, he resigns over consensual relationship with an employee. He had an ongoing relationship with this employee. In fact, everybody thought it wasn't a secret, though, because they always saw her pictured with him. So they aren't sure why all of a sudden... Jeffrey Zucker decides he wants to resign because it's been exposed that he's having a, an affair with an employer, employee. Now, keep in mind, less than two months ago, also on CNN, um, Chris Cuomo was fired because of um, giving or improperly advising his brother, then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, about addressing sexual misconduct allegations. Now, if you're a newsman and you're supposed to be impartial, the last thing you need to be doing is advising a governor about his sexual misconduct. Even if he's your brother, doesn't matter. You're a newsman and he's the governor. Nobody's fault that you're related. That just happened to be the case. And you should, as a newsman, treat it fairly and honestly and report what you see. But instead, he wanted to go help his brother. Well, that's admirable. Most of us would help our brothers. But this is a touchy situation. So Chris Cuomo was fired for being inappropriate in advising his brother. And there's been some issues with sexual harassment with Chris Cuomo at CNN, too. So the question is, what's happening at CNN? Who's going to be the next president or CEO of CNN? Is that going to change the direction at all? It could. Hopefully it would make it more honest and uh, more informational than it is a a, um, left support group. I don't want to hear the left side news. I don't want to hear the right side news. I just want to hear the facts and the fucking news. That's all. 
I don't think that's too much to ask for. Well, something other uh, in, interesting other than the norm is going on. Of course, February is Black History Month, a month where we should take time to look into the history of the African Americans in this country. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Their achievements and their contributions are immeasurable in this country. Without them, we'd be a much different country. And I dare say we'd be a much worse country. So at the very least, we can take a month and pay tribute and learn more about the history of African Americans. That said, what do we have going on? As I said yesterday, we've got the voter suppression. We've got the uh, white supremacist and all that stuff. And as if that weren't enough, now we've got 16 black colleges getting bomb threats, disrupting classes, disrupting the community, and causing all kinds of problems. It's Black History Month. Apparently people are angry that we are sub- celebrating Black History Month, so they're now calling in bomb threats. Thank God there have been no bombs found. Nothing has exploded. But gives you a sense of what kind of people out there there are. I mean, these are fucking flat-out racist. There's no question about it. The only reason they made bomb threats at these colleges, because they were predominantly black. They're trying to send a message, and the message is well-received. You don't like black people. You're willing to be violent to express that, or at least threaten violence. It's a big problem in this country. We've got far too white, many white supremacists, and Donald Trump made it easy for them to come out from under their rocks and speak out. This is why I said before we've got to shut Donald Trump up. He needs to be indicted, wrap him up in every way possible, and stop him from talking. He's one of the reasons that we have the he's the main reason we have the problems in this country. But every time he says something, it just goads these dumb fucking Trumplefucks to go out and do something. He's dangerous as a human being, he's dangerous as a celebrity and a politician. He's going to create more violence and more chaotic situations if we allow him to do it. That's why we need to fucking shut him up. And we need to pay attention to Black History Month. There are a lot of contributions and people that did great things for this country that happen to be black. They're entitled to be acknowledged and paid tribute to because they have been hugely valuable to this country. All right, I got one last thing. This is a fucking stupid thing, but it's kind of funny, so I want to mention it. There's a uh, there's a story out there about the TV show The Masked Singer. Never really watched the show. I didn't find it entertaining when I did. I know a lot of people like it. It's just not my thing. I mean, it's a fine show if you like that kind of thing. I don't, so... I don't really watch it. But what the interesting thing about the mass Singer is you've got these mass Singers come out and sing, but you don't know who they are. So the whole process is trying to figure out who they are. Well, there's a show that was just recorded, and it's not been shown yet. It probably won't be shown for a month if it's shown at all. Because they had one mass Singer out there, and he was singing and doing whatever the fuck he was doing till he... He came to the point where he had to take his head off and reveal who he was. <laughs> Guess who it was? 
fucking Rudy Giuliani. What is wrong with this TV show, this network? Where could they possibly imagine that this was a fucking good idea? You're going to spotlight a criminal, a treasonist, a seditionist. But you see what they were thinking. They were thinking, oh, this will be controversial. This will be crazy. And guess what? More people will watch our show because that's all that matters. Tact, decency don't matter. All that matters is getting viewers, making money. But here's the interesting thing. When they finally revealed that it was Rudy Giuliani, some people having some common sense and some decency, the uh, judges, Kim Jong, you know, from Hangover and all that, funny, funny guy, and Robin Thicke, the singer, they were judges. And as soon as they pulled the head off and showed that it was Rudy Giuliani, they said, fuck this shit. They stood up and they walked off, as they should. Nobody should be glorifying Rudy Giuliani at this point. This guy's clearly a criminal, and he's probably going to go to jail. So you decide to put him on your show, get everybody excited, make them guess who it is, and then reveal it's Rudy Giuliani? For Christ's sake, what are you thinking? Robin Thicke, Ken Jung, walked off the stage and said, fuck you. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if they run this show. And here's their quandary. It's a controversial show. There'd be every reason in the world not to show it out of embarrassment. But you know what? They know now that no publicity is bad publicity, and people are expecting a shit show, so they'll run it. Because everybody will be curious as to what happened, not only when they reveal it's Rudy Giuliani, but when Kim Jung or Ken Jung and uh, Robin Thicke walk out. They created drama. They created gossiping and excitement. And all the meat eaters back here with us in the real world won't be able to wait to see that happen. They'll be sitting in front of the TV set early just to see that fucking happen. It's kind of appalling. And shame on the network and shame on the TV show for even thinking about doing this. You don't put a man like that on your show when you know he's a proven criminal and that he's going to be indicted and go to jail. The only reason you would do this is because you think it will get more viewers and you will make more money, and that is fucking despicable. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time to listen. Questions, comments, or complaints, or corrections. Send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to uh, anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer Podcast and leave me a voicemail message. Thanks very much again for listening, and we will be back shortly. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.